Word of God. Are you ready this morning? Yes. Are you in expectation? Yes. Amen. Is God, is God doing something in your life? Yes. Oh, you better believe it. Amen. Glory to God. Well, I just welcome you this morning. I want to tell you a couple of things, and uh, then we want to just jump right in. Uh, the first thing I want to tell you is, and they'll give you the details about this later on at the end of the service, but that is tomorrow is ladies' night. <laughs> ladies' night, they're going to meet at Pizantica at uh, 6 p.m., and uh, it's going to be awesome. And then on April the 10th, begins our Holy Ghost weekend. So write that in your calendar now. Don't miss it. One of the things that we were discussing the other night at Impact University, uh, which is the university we have here in Albemarle, one of the things that we were discussing is how important prayer is. How important prayer is. And on the Holy Ghost weekend, we have Friday night prayer, right? Then we have Saturday soul winning. And then Sunday, we have our service in the morning. And then we have the Holy Spirit service that afternoon at 4 p.m. Put those in your calendar. As you, listen, as you esteem the things of God, then your life is esteemed. Because he says, those who honor me, I will honor. So if we say, oh, I don't have to do that, oh, I'm not worried about what, what God's up to, then that's what we receive. But when we say, Lord, you count this important, you've counted this important where you planted me in the body of Christ, then it's important to me. And when it gets important to you, God says, you honored me? Oh, I'm going to honor you. And what I love pointing out about that is when you honor God and he honors you back, it's not a fair trade. Like it's not his honor to you versus our honor to him. It's just not the same. You know, think about this. It, it's kind of like if you had a really, 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 really rich relative, you know, and amen. If you had a really, 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 really rich relative and you go to Christmas and uh, it's like, you know, I'm going to bring you my, my gift, right? But all of a sudden, you're like, you can't wait to open their gift because, you know, even they'll think, oh, it's nothing. It'll be like two or three hundred dollar gift or something, you know. And, and so that's kind of the way it is with God. It's not the same. What we're bringing to him, we can never match what he's bringing to us. When he honors us, it's an overflow. Amen. And this is the way God wants us to see him and understand him. It's an overflow. And God wants to bless you. He wants to pour out in your life. He wants to change it. He wants to lift it up. But many times we haven't honored him. And so the word says, it goes on to say that in 1 Samuel 2.30, it says that if you despise me, in other words, and, and he equates it to this, then you'll be lightly esteemed. In other words, if you take what I'm doing and you don't really care about them, you're just like, whatever, I'll show up on Sunday. But you don't esteem that God counts souls important, right? A Holy Ghost weekend like he's told us to have. You don't esteem that. And then all of a sudden he says, then your life is going to carry that lack of esteem in it too. But if you'll honor me, he says, then you'll be honored. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. All right, so now that'll be starting April 10th. See, so if you're esteeming it and you're counting it important, you're not waiting till that day comes and then go, oh, Oh, yeah, yeah, we're supposed to pray tonight. Oh, I made plans. Right, yep. 
That's lightly esteeming. No, you put it on the calendar and you say, oh, I'm going to be there. I'm making this a priority in my life. I'm going to be a part of Soul Winning Saturday. I'm going to be there for the Holy Spirit service. And I'll tell you, every Holy Spirit service we have, it's just been like a blowout. Like just, not only is it fun, but it's just been awesome. I mean, the Lord has been pouring out. So if you, if you miss these things, like you're missing what God wants to do. Many times in services like what happens on the Holy Ghost weekend, many times that's where lives really change. I mean, one person will get a word and everything changes. It happens many times in services like that. Why? Because you, you're kind of paying a price in the flesh. And, you, and you're coming in like, I'm doing something because I love the Lord. And then all of a sudden your expectation's here. And when you put your expectation on God, he says, look, I'm ready to pour out. Where's the people that will expect from me? Yeah. And so many times that's what happens during those weekends. It's important for us to understand honor and esteem. And uh, one other thing that I would say on the daily broadcast on Lunch Plus We've been in a series called Stinking Thinking. We just started this past week. It'll go for another couple of weeks. And it has been changing people's lives. Already. I mean, it has been completely showing, oh my goodness, this has been holding me back forever. So I, I highly recommend that you tune in, specifically last week and the next couple of weeks. All right. Huh? Yeah, even if you've heard it before, because there's new stuff coming out. There, I said many new things this week I'd never said before and preached because the Holy Ghost was flowing. So, amen. Now, uh, one thing that you have, everybody should have these cards. And uh, next week is Resurrection Day. Amen. It's the day that we celebrate our king who was resurrected, who proved he was the son of God, and the power that raised him from the dead is the same power that works in our life to set us free, to break the junk off, to bring about victory in your life, to give us fellowship with God, which is the most important. We get to fellowship with God because when we're in his presence, what issues do you have, right? None. And he wants you to be in his presence. So we celebrate the victory of that next week uh, on Resurrection Day. We're having our Easter celebration. Now these cards are for you to invite. And earlier this week, the Lord you know, had me say something. As soon as I said it, I said, I got to say that on Sunday. And here's what I said. These cards on Monday, the day after Easter, they're either going to be thrown in the trash or they're going to be in the Bible of somebody that you invited to come to church and their life changed forever. Which one's it going to be? Are you going to utilize it to invite somebody to meet their resurrected king or to, or to get that relationship jump started again? Or on Monday after Easter, are they going to end up in your trash can? They're easy tools for us to invite somebody. I want to see some people that are sitting in here after Easter and all of a sudden they got cards in their Bible. I was there that day. That's the day my life changed forever. That's in our hands this week. And so ask the Lord, Lord, who can I invite 
that Jesus can change their life forever? Who can I invite? Who, who is it that, that, show me, Lord, show me. I got these ready. Carry them with you. Keep them in your car, right? I got them ready. Show me who those people are. He may be putting somebody on your, on your uh, heart right now. Thank you. And then, amen. We've been talking about, we've been talking about this year of increase. This year of increase. And uh, I, it's amazing what the Lord's doing. I already, you know, on the line that we're celebrating and praising God for a year of increase, supernatural financial increase is what's on that line. But we've had so many testimonies even this week. But uh, I know that the debt that's already erased on the line is over 75000 this year that's been erased. Glory to God. There's over 26,000 of uh, extra funds that have come in because the Lord said it's a year of increase. If he says that, we need to put expectation on it. And then over 20,000 in salary increase. Now, here's the thing. Every single one of those numbers I know is already higher than that by a lot. It's just they hadn't been recorded yet, but they'll probably come on this week. There's a ton more than just what we've seen already. God's already been doing that. I want to read you this. How many people were here for Kickstart uh, this year? Let me read you this because this was written uh, to us and to the Boomerang family. Dear Pastor Brian, Nicole, and family, and Boomerang Church, I just want to thank each of you for the kindness and love you showed my guest and I when we visited. I don't think I'll ever be able to truly put into words how grateful and appreciative we are for everything. We both said Boomerang Church in North Carolina will always have a place in our hearts. Thank you for letting God use each of you. It changed my life by allowing freedom in my life, both financially and by breaking yokes off me through the joy of the Lord, fire of God, and anointing of God flowing through your church. I could feel a difference on the plane flying home. It was a peace and a freedom of not being oppressed like I've never known before. I could feel, amen, glory to God. I could feel the Holy Spirit moving still within me and working on things within me even three days after we visited. It truly was amazing and changed my family's life too. I'm hungry now for the mind and heart of Christ. I know my guest that I had was hungry too. We hope to be back again soon someday and, and hopefully bring our families with us next time. Until then, we love you all and we'll be keeping you in our prayers. Thank you again so very much. Amen. Glory to God. That's the testimony that we have uh, from Kickstart. That's the kind of things that God's doing all the time. Amen. Glory to God. Even last week as we prayed before we even got into the message, you know, the Lord just shows up. He starts healing people, you know, right before the service. Power of God flowing through people, recovery, restoration happening in people. And Nicole was telling me afterwards, she said, I, she said, I was literally sitting there right there in pain uh, in my hip. We had the word of, of knowledge about the pain in the hip and the back. She said, I was sitting there kind of racked with pain. She said, I knew that word was for me. She came up and now listen, she said, when you prayed, I didn't feel anything, but I just believed that I received 
And all of a sudden she started jumping up and down, shouting and jumping and receiving that. Even though she didn't feel anything physically, she said immediately the pain started to go away. And by the end of the service, there was no pain whatsoever. Amen? <laughs> Glory to God. And that's just one testimony. There was multiple testimonies of that. God is moving and this is your day. Amen? Yeah. Anybody going to receive? Yeah. Hallelujah. I've been saying it. Let me say it again. One word received on one day of preaching can change your life forever. And I hope that that day for you is today. Amen. One word received on one day of preaching can change your life forever. And I hope that that day for you is today. Amen. Let's turn to Zechariah chapter 9 and verse 9. Zechariah 9, 9. Today is Palm Sunday. And if you don't know what that's about, basically you see in the Gospels that as Jesus came into Jerusalem, you know, the week that he was crucified, the week of Passion, they laid down palm branches in his path and covered his path. And it became known and celebrated as Palm Sunday. And one of the things that I want you to see is the Lord, throughout this week, this is a Palm Sunday of increase. Amen? Anybody receive that? Yeah. This is my Palm Sunday of increase, and there's reason for it. Believe God that even while we're sitting here, this is your Palm Sunday of increase. Another thing that, that happened is all throughout the week, I just had the Lord talking to me about palms. And um, not psalms, palms. And... Um, <laughs> Like the tree. And uh, he just had me talking, and he was talking to me about palms. And, and it's like I woke up this morning, and even in my spirit was, there's something about the palms. There's just something about the palm tree. There's something about the palms. And it was so interesting because I, I thought, you know, I've never really studied uh, the palms. I've never, you know, honestly, growing up, I didn't really celebrate Palm Sunday like a lot of people do. So it was not necessarily natural to me. It was more foreign to me. But man, it's been on my heart this week. And Palm Sunday has everything to do with a king coming in to his throne. Is he coming in to the throne of your life this morning? <laughs> is he coming in to, your, to the throne of your life this morning? Is he coming in? Is he making a difference? Is he making a change? Is he increasing your life? Oh, we're going to preach this this morning. Amen. <laughs> we're going to preach it. Glory to God. Is he coming in? Is he taking the throne of your life. Is he taking the throne over every item that's tried to bother you? Is he taking the throne over sickness, over disease? Is he taking the throne over lack? Every, every lack knee will have to bow at his name. Every sickness will have to bow its knee at the name of King Jesus. Amen. Is he coming into his own? Glory to God. This is this is a Palm Sunday of increase. It's a year of increase. And then, of course, on Tuesday night with impact, one of the things that we had happen was we we're in the, the book of Revelation. We're talking about end time prophecy, and we were looking at the churches in Revelation. And one of the things that happened there was that you see that the churches had some stuff to work on. And one of the things, Jesus said it 
seven times in two chapters. He said seven times, he who has an ear to hear, let him hear. He who has an ear to hear, let him hear. He says it again towards the end of Revelation. But he says it seven times in two chapters, speaking specifically to the church. Do I have any people that are a part of the church today? The body of Christ. Then when he's talking there, he's also talking to us. And one of the things that he said was, you know, you realize that Jesus is not saying that you don't have ears, that you can't hear in that way. Everybody he's talking to had the potential to hear, hear this, but not everybody put themselves in a position to hear. Everybody had potential to hear, but not everybody had position their heart to hear. And what he was getting to the churches is, you've got the ability to hear, but it's up to you as to whether or not that will actually come through. And so at the end of it, at the end of Impact on Tuesday, we just sat there and we said, you know what, Lord, we don't want to be the people of a hardened heart with no ears to hear. We want to be the people. We see that in Revelation, in those, in those seven churches, in two chapters, a lot of them didn't even know that they were wrong because although they had the potential, their heart really didn't want to see the truth. Their heart really didn't want to see and hear what God had. Lord, we don't want to be those people. And all of a sudden, we got done at the end of the class, and we just took some time praising God. I mean praising God and just worshiping Him, opening our hearts and our minds to hear so that we could see so very clearly. And I'm telling you, we had a moment. And there was a moment where just peace came into the room. It was overwhelming. Everybody was just quiet. And I had said, all right, everybody just be quiet for a second. And right at that moment, it came in. Even if I hadn't told them to be quiet, it would have happened then. It was just the sense that the king of peace had walked into the room. And then immediately in that moment, I really sensed that Jesus spoke and said this, I'm going to visit you on Sunday. Amen. This is our Sunday. This is a day where the king comes in and he's going to visit your life. Your life is changing forever on this word preached today. Amen. Look at this, Zechariah 9.9. So be in expectation. Be in expectation. Zechariah 9.9. Say it with me, just this first two words. Rejoice greatly rejoice greatly rejoice greatly O daughter of Zion shout in triumph O daughter of Jerusalem behold your king is coming to you he is just and endowed with salvation humble and mounted on a donkey even on a colt the foal of a donkey now I want you to see this command to the to the people of God Hey, people of God, rejoice greatly. Shout. Put the verse back up, please. Shout. 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 In triumph. Shout in triumph. Don't just, all right. In other words, we're supposed to put this on, whether we feel like it or not. We're supposed to rejoice greatly. Shout in triumph. 
See, there's something about, well, I don't feel like it. doesn't matter. He didn't say if you felt like it. He just said do it. He just said do it. Is he our Lord and King or not? Rejoice greatly. Shout in triumph. Rejoice greatly. Shout in triumph. Why? Because your King that brings salvation with you is coming in. I'm telling you right now, it's a time in the earth where the king is going to be seen like he never has been before. There's something coming to the church. There's a glory that's being poured out. There's something that's coming on the church where they're going to receive their king like they never have before. I believe even this morning, your hearts are being prepared to, by faith, shout and rejoice, and the king's going to enter your home. The king is going to enter your family. The king is going to enter your finances. The king is going to enter your health. The king is entering. When that becomes a revelation to you, it's easy to shout. When it becomes a revelation to you, when it gets real to you, it's easy to rejoice. Now see, here's the thing, is the devil's always wanting to steal your shout. He wants to steal your shout. That shout brought down Jericho, right? That shout will bring down the kingdom of darkness in your life. There's a rejoicing we need to get on the inside of us. There's a shouting we need to get on the inside of us. There's, there's an there's a entrance of the king waiting on a shout. What happens in Revelation when Jesus comes back? How does he come back? With a shout! <laughs> there's a breakthrough in a shout. Let me say it again. Rejoice greatly. Shout in triumph. Woo, glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, there's something, something about it. <laughs> yeah, there's something about it. See, and, and that's just it. The devil will have you meditate on everything that's wrong. Think about people you don't like. Think about, well, I'm not this and I'm not that. Forget about what we are and what we aren't. Look at him, setting our eyes on things above, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the, the author and the finisher of our faith, the king of peace, the king of our salvation. He's bringing it in. He's bringing in our salvation. Rejoice! Greatly, say it with me, greatly, shout for triumph, shout for triumph, hallelujah. Oh, the devil doesn't like it when you start shouting for Jesus. He don't mind you shouting for the football team. He don't mind you shouting for the basketball team. He don't mind you shouting for worldly things, but don't shout for Jesus. That's what, that's what the devil wants. Don't shout for Jesus. Don't get a shout in your house. Don't get a shout in your house. That's what the devil, the devil don't like that. Because you start getting a shout in your house. You get it down in your heart and it starts coming out your mouth. All of a sudden, there's something breaking loose. There's something, because you're meditating on things worthy of praise. You start meditating on them, you start expecting them. You start expecting them, they start happening in Jesus' name. Palm Sunday... They were expecting something. Whoo, and they received it. Look, let's go, and I'm going to read this in the New Living. John chapter 11, verse 55, and I'm just going to read. I'll tell you what verses. John eleven fifty-five. 55. 
Now surrounding, let me, just, let me just give you this just for a second, a little bit of history about Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday really was a time where they were having the end of the harvest and they were coming into a time where they started celebrating like in the Feast of Booze called Sukkot, the Feast of Tabernacles, also called a Feast of Dedication. And they would build these booths and these tabernacles with palm trees. But I want you to see this. They came in out of the harvest. Oh, Lord, you filled us up. You, you brought us our deliverance. You brought us the harvest. You brought us our increase. You brought us our, our overflow. And now the booths actually reminded us that when we were in Egypt and we were under that despair and under that bondage, you didn't leave us in Egypt, but you brought us out without one weary person. Not one feeble was among them. Even in the old, they weren't feeble. They, they had all their stuff. They, they spoiled the Egyptians walked out wealthy and healthy, and instead of keeping them in bondage, they actually went out into the desert, and the Lord prepared places for them and gave them a place to be free. And they celebrated that freedom in that feast. They would build those booths, those tabernacles, out of palm branches. Now, you're coming up to this time. They're coming to Jerusalem because Passover's... Uh, in the same week. So Passover's coming where they celebrate the Passover where they were protected by the blood of the Lamb. And right before that, they celebrate how God has been good to them in a harvest, how God's been so good to them. And so here's this time coming up. We know that Jesus was about to go to the cross. Not everybody knew that at that point. But this is what it's talking about this time. Look at John eleven fifty five. It was now almost time for the Jewish Passover celebration. And many people from all over the country arrived in Jerusalem several days early so that they could go through the purification ceremony before Passover began. Let me just say this. If we'll get ready, if we'll get ready, we can walk in the fullness if we'll get ready, Lord, and, and you see, it's not based on our works and not based on your works or your works or your works or anybody else. It's based on the works of Jesus. Yeah. See, whereas it used to be on their works alone, now it's on the works of Jesus. Lord, help me get ready and he'll empower you to walk holy. He'll empower you to walk righteous. And if we will get ready and purify ourselves, say, Lord, I want to go after you, all of a sudden we'll step into the place where the Lord can look after us. Lord, I want to go after you. We'll step into the place where all the blessings of the Lord can be poured out. There, there's blessings. You don't have to be perfect. You just have to turn your heart towards him and say, Lord, I want you. Lord, I, I want to go after you. Lord, help me purify myself. Help me walk the way you want me to walk. Help me be who you want me to be. It doesn't mean that you had to have it all together. No, you're just putting to death the deeds of the flesh, like it says in Romans 8, 13. You're just at, heading that direction as fast as you can go, but it's not based on your own strength. It's based on his strength. In other words, even the good you want to do, he'll empower were you to do it. Turn your heart towards them. Say, Lord, I want to do things right. Yeah. 
All of a sudden, by your doing things right, you're going to see it in a second. And by your doing things right, you'll step into a place where life can flourish. How many people want life to flourish? You want life to flourish? Health? finances, life to flourish. All we got to do is just say, Lord, I want to go after you. Let them empower you. You'll step right into that place. Lord, and watch this, with an expectation, with a rejoicing and a shout. Not because I've arrived yet, but Lord, I know because I by myself haven't arrived. But I know in you, Lord, it's happening right now. Things are changing. And with a shout of triumph and a rejoicing, thank you, Father. So we turn our hearts to him and we turn with faithfulness. We turn with a shout and rejoicing. All of a sudden, we're moving in expectation. We're moving in faith. And that stuff unlocks the life of God. So here it is. They would go through the purification ceremony before pa Passover began. They kept looking for Jesus. But as they stood around in the temple, they said to each other, what do you think? He won't come for Passover, will he? Meanwhile, the leading priests and Pharisees had publicly ordered that anyone seeing Jesus must report it immediately so they can arrest him. Six days before the Passover celebration began, Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. Now, that was 12.1. Uh, Going down to verse 9, 12, John 12, 9. When all the people heard of Jesus' arrival, they flocked to see him and also to see Lazarus, the man Jesus had raised from the dead. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. Isn't that just like religion? No, you're not doing it my way. I'm going to take you out too. Like they're supposed to have a religion that saves people, but yet in order to keep their way control and power and keep it in their little mind's order and keep power in their hands, the religion that should be saving people, now we're taking people out. Can you see how the enemy will twist in a spirit of religion and that's when you're trying to do it all on your own instead of trusting God. Many times the devil's held us in condemnation and what we think, you know, we're trying to do everything right. We're doing it in our own power. And what we think we're doing for God actually ends up killing the life in us because we're trying to do it by our own power instead of letting Jesus empower us with his righteousness. Religion's still at work today, and religion, spirit of religion is still a murderer. And they're looking like Lazarus as if coming back from the dead wasn't enough to go through. They're like, hey, put out a contract on Lazarus. Let's take him out. Can't believe he had the audacity to come back from the dead. What a big old... Yeah. Then the leading priest decided to kill Lazarus too. That just amazes me. It's like, leave the man alone. He's gone through enough. But see, the spirit of religion, it's a murderer. Verse 11, for it was because of him that many of the people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. Oh, when the power of God flows into a person's life, people take notice. When the power of God changes somebody, brings life back to them, people notice. People notice. People take note. See, 
the devil would say, uh, you, you don't have to get anything from Jesus. You don't need anything from him. You're going to heaven. Just sit there and be a quiet little Christian. No. Put some expectation. Shout for triumph. Rejoice greatly. Put some expectation on Because when the power of God comes into your life, people take notice and people will come into the kingdom because of the glory of the covenant that manifests in your life. When your finances turn around, people will take notice. When you get healed, people will take notice. Become a good receiver of the things of God, but in order to become a good receiver, you got to become a great shouter. You got to become a great rejoicer. You got to get an expectation. Not just on Sunday morning, but Sunday night, Monday morning, Monday afternoon, Monday night, you got to shout. Tuesday morning, you got to rejoice in. Tuesday afternoon, you got a thankfulness. Tuesday night, you got to shout. Wednesday morning, Wednesday afternoon, Wednesday night, Thursday morning, Thursday afternoon, there's a rejoicing. Thursday night, there's a shouting for triumph. It gets inside of you Friday, Saturday, coming in Sunday like, oh, Jesus is going to show up here. Glory to God. That's the way we're supposed to be. You'll notice all throughout the Bible, it seems that God likes loud, passionate people. It's just the truth. He likes loud, passionate people. He's going to go on. He's going to go on. And now, before you get too happy, some of you are like, glory to God, I was made for this. You were made for it. But let's not all add on little twists, you know. I said loud, passionate, not loud, obnoxious, okay? So. <laughs> Why did everybody look at you, Lisa? <laughs> no, there's a passion. Give me a passionate people. Give me somebody who gets excited over things, Right? And watch this. We're going to go on to see in a little bit where Jesus says, hey, they, they told him, make these people shut up. Make these people be quiet. He said, look, if they be quiet, these rocks will let loose a praise. These rocks will let loose a shout. In other words, it was right to shout about a triumphant king. Rejoice greatly. Shout for triumph. Hallelujah. Let loose a shout right now. Hallelujah. Do you receive? God likes passionate people. And I understand you can be, you can be quiet at times and be passionate as well. I, I get that. I understand that. But don't be afraid every now and then. Maybe a lot of, lot of time to let loose a shout. Let loose a shout. What if we did it? Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and came in here with a shout in our mouth, with a shout in our mouth, with an expectation. What could happen to this place? Whoo! Glory! Amen. But Lazarus, you know, he had the audacity to come back from death, and it was because of him that many people had deserted them and believed in Jesus. Let Jesus touch your life. God wants to use it. Let Jesus bless you. See, some of us are good givers, but we're not good receivers. God wants to bless you. Why? To establish his covenant, he says. 
to establish. He wants, he says, when the good things happen to you, people will see my glory. They'll see my glory. John chapter 12 and verse 12 in the New American Standard says this, On the next day the large crowd who had come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to the Jerusalem, took branches of the palm trees and went out to meet him and began to shout, Hosanna! Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the king of Israel. Whoo, they were prophesying. They were shouting, Hosanna! Waving the palm branches, throwing them in his feet. Can you imagine this road? Last year I was sitting at this exact place on the Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem. It's a beautiful sight. It's where they take all the pictures because you can see most of the city of Jerusalem. And you walk down from the Mount of Olives amidst those olive trees. And I'm going to tell you, uh, that, that hill is steep. <laughs> they, they tell you, if you think you'll slip, just don't even walk down this because it's steep. And you walk down and it's winding. It is, it is truly just like a triumphant walk into the city. And I can just imagine that road being covered, paved the palm branches for Jesus to walk on. Waving. When they would do that, it would be a, a shout of victory. They were rejoicing greatly and shouting for triumph. Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, even the King of Israel. Jesus, finding a young donkey, sat on it as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion. Behold your king. There was a prophecy. Your king is coming seated on a donkey's colt. These things his disciples did not understand at first. But when Jesus was glorified, then they remembered that these things were written of him and that they had done these things to him. They didn't even remember and recognize in the moment they were fulfilling prophecy. But when he had died and come back to life and received his glorified body, they went, oh, you remember? He came on a donkey on that day when they were shouting, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Do you remember that? He, Jesus, we were there that day. I was there that day. And you know, I was there. I put it on Instagram. I was there that day with the palm branches and the shouting. I was there. He was coming in. This was prophesied. I was there. Can you imagine when they remembered and put two and two together? I was there. Why? What are, what are they excited about? They were there when eternity changed. When people accepted Jesus for who he was. For this reason also, or he says, they remembered that they had done these things to him. So the people who were with him when he called Lazarus out of the tomb and raised him from the dead continued to testify about him. For this reason... Also, the people went and met him because they heard that he had performed this sign. So the Pharisees said to one another, You see that we're not doing any good. Look, the whole world's gone after him. 
He beat down that spirit of religion. They thought they were going to win about a week later, but they missed. I want to talk to you about this period of time very quickly. If you look in Leviticus 23.40, you'll see that Moses in the law lays out the Feast of Booths or the Feast of Tabernacles. There's something special about the palm. He says, Now on the first day you shall take for yourselves the foliage of beautiful trees, palm branches, boughs of leafy trees, and the willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. Down in verse 43, So that your generations may know that I had the sons of Israel live in booths when I brought them out from the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. In other words, they were to have this thing so that they would remember that the Lord delivered them. And he didn't just take them out in the wilderness and leave them alone. No, he provided for them. When they came out of that, they came out healthy, they came out wealthy, and then he didn't just be like, okay, I set you free, peace. That's not what he did. No, he provided for them. He brought manna in the desert. He brought them quail. He brought water out of a rock. He beat down the enemies. No, he didn't just bring them out. He stayed with them. He was with them forever if they'd have them. And he says, you're going to have this, uh, you're gonna have this feast. It's going to be a celebration. You're going to have this celebration to remember. See, there's something about it when God does something, if we set up things in our life to not forget it. Lord, I won't forget your benefits. No, I'm going to meditate on them. I'm going to draw them to my memory, and I'm going to honor. Lord, you were there. When I was in the hospital with our daughter, you were there when we didn't know if we were going to keep the house, but we did. You were there when I didn't know how to handle it, and you brought me wisdom. You brought me finances. You brought me health. Lord, you were there when I was in my trouble and my sin, and you saved me, and you delivered me, and you brought me out. Lord, you were there. There's something about remembering. Put your mind in a remembrance of the good things. Of God, I think that many times, I think that in heaven, if we you know, have the opportunity to review our life, we're going to look back and even times we had no idea it was God, we're going to find out probably millions of moments in our lives, millions, that God was actually upholding us and we didn't even know it. Should have been thanking him, remembering him, honoring him, worshiping him. And, and the thing is, we didn't even know he was there because we couldn't see with spiritual eyes the way, we sh- the way we might should have. And we definitely weren't thinking that it was him. We thought it was us. We thought it was luck. We thought it was it. How many people should be dead today? Look around. Keep it up. Keep your hand up. How many people should not be alive? Look. That's almost everybody in this room. God saved. Let's re- this, this right here alone should be worth a shout. That right there, yeah, hallelujah. It should be worth the rejoicing. How many people in here today, you you believe you're going to heaven because of Jesus? There's an eternity of hell, torture, that you won't have to face. That alone should be worthy of a shout. Forget about if he ever healed you, if he ever delivered you, if he ever set your finances right. Just the fact that you are with him in his family, not going to hell, worthy of a shout and a rejoicing. 
See, the devil's caused us to lose our shout. Forget what he's actually done. That's why they set up these things. But you notice this palm was in there. It was a, it was a symbol of the freedom, of the salvation, of the provision. It was there to remind them. Look at this too, talking about there's something in the palms. Looking at Revelation 7 and verse 9 through 12. After these things I looked, and behold, a great multitude which no one could count, from every nation and all tribes and people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches were in their hands. Woo, glory. You know that's going to be a day. You know that's going to be a day. That's going to be a celebration. Standing before the throne of God, clothed in righteousness with palm branches of victory in our hand. Palm branches symbolizing our provision, symbolizing the King of kings and the Lord of lords had a play in our lives and we were saved because of it. Right in front of the throne. You think you're going to shout that day? Yes. <laughs> you think you're going to rejoice that day? Yes. Oh, well, you better believe it. Woo! And they cry out with a loud voice saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures and they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen! Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might to be our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Standing there with a palm branch in their hand, a symbol of the victory and the triumph. The palm in natural terms is literally called in some instances a tree of life. A tree of life. And here this, this is from uh, Britannica.com. For those who might not know, before the, wet, the interwebs, <laughs> there was actually this set of books that you would buy and keep on a bookshelf and they get dusty and they were called encyclopedias. And there would be all kinds of information. And Britannica actually used to make those, you know, way, way back. And uh, so Britannica, anyway, Britannica says this. All the parts of the date palm yield, pro listen to all the uses of the palm tree. Just listen to what they said. All the parts of the date palm yield products of economic value. Every bit of it's used for something. Its trunk furnishes timber. The midriffs of the leaves supply material for crates and furniture. The leaflets for ba basketry. The leaf bases for fuel. The fruit stalks for rope and fuel. The fiber for cordage and packing material. The seeds are sometimes ground and used as a stock feed. Syrup, alcohol, vinegar, and a strong liquor are also derived from its fruit. Maybe I shouldn't have said that in church. The sap is also used as a beverage, either fresh or fermented, but because the method of extraction seriously injures the palm, only those trees that produce a little fruit are used for sap. When a palm is cut down, the tender terminal bud is eaten as a salad. Man, this thing is used from head to toe for production in our life. It's a symbol of God's provision. 
It's a symbol of his provision. It produces fruit, building materials. Uh, it didn't even list this a lot, but a lot of people in the Middle East will use the palm tree for medicines. There's all kinds of medicines. And not only that, but it also produces great shade from a sun. It's a protection. It's a provision. Oh my goodness, that reminds me of somebody. A savior, a protection, a provision, a healing, a deliverer. And here's something else. It's per, it perseveres. Many people know about this if they live on the coast and experience hurricanes. That palm tree in the wind, in the greatest of winds, it'll, they'll be standing when everything else is blown down. The leaves will just fold up and just go with the wind. But when the storm stops, when the storm comes to an end, the palm tree just goes, boop, I'm still here. I'm still here. It's a tree of literal life that people use. And here they are. Welcoming their king. Oh, let me show you. This is a representative of who's coming into town today. This is a representative, our savior, our deliverer, our healer. He gives me protection from the shades. Even though I go through the storms of life, I'll fear no evil for you are with me, Lord. This is our king, Hosanna. Yeah. It represents a full supply. It's a symbol of joy, a symbol of peace. A symbol of righteousness. You see, when they would wave the palms to, to bring back, they would actually, this is what they actually did for princes and conquerors and the incoming king that's coming into his throne. They would have the ceremony and they'd wave the palms and they would say, because you've now conquered, we can have peace in our land. Because, Jesus, you've conquered, we can have peace in our land with a rejoicing and a shout of victory. We got peace in our lives. There might be a storm, but we still have a Savior. We still have a supply. Glory to God! A Palm Sunday of increase. It's a symbol of victory. It represents righteousness. It represents us walking in the things of God. You know, when it says for us to walk righteous, the Lord's really been bringing this up to me recently is, many people, they think when I need to walk righteous, they immediately think, can I do that? Can I do that? I don't know that I can. Many people, they know that I can't walk holy like God. I can't walk perfect. like. And they've been taught that they can't walk perfect. But see, in their own selves, that's true. But in Jesus, that's not. When we walk righteously, it's not just that we choose the right things to walk. When we walk righteously, literally in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says that we were made the righteousness of God in Christ. So in other words, I'm not walking by my own self-righteousness. No, I'm drawing by faith on his righteousness. I'm letting his righteousness empower me to take each righteous step. In other words, it's not just that I choose the right steps. It's that he empowers me in those steps. So when it says walk righteously, don't just look at what you can or can't do without Jesus. Look at what you can do because of him. Because of him. Well, I could never walk that way. You're right on your own. You couldn't, but with him, all things are possible. You can walk on the water with him in his righteousness. See, it's only when Peter started looking at the wind and the waves and his lack that he started to sink. 
It's when he set his eyes on Jesus that he did the supernatural. Do I have any supernatural walkers in the room today? Do I have any supernaturals walking in the righteousness, walking in the things of God, that even though you might not have walked in the fullness of it before today, from this day forward, Lord, I'm drawing on you by faith. I'm drawing on your righteousness, and I'll walk on top of the storm. I'll walk on top of that water empowered by you. Anybody going to do that? I felt like a wrestler there for a second. (laughs) I heard it. (laughs) Look at this, Psalms 92, verse 12 through 14. The righteous man, walking in the right steps and empowered by the righteousness of Jesus. The righteous man, walking in the right steps and empowered by Jesus. The righteous man, choosing the right steps, but empowered by Jesus. The righteous man, walking in the right steps, choosing the right steps, all empowered by faith in Jesus. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. Can't no storm knock it down. It'll be a provision. It'll be a hub of the glory of God. It'll be a distribution center of his glory. It'll be a distribution center of his healing. That righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. In in his hand, there'll be healing. There'll be provision. There'll be protection. You see, every one of us is designed to be walking in the glory of a tree of life that we're redeemed from the curse, carrying something to bring the life of God to a world that needs a light. The righteous man will flourish. This this is not just man talking. This is the Holy Ghost talking. This is God who, who when he says flourish, it means something different than what we've ever thought of before. It's above and beyond. It's over what we've thought. You'll flourish. You'll flourish. Just say it with me and say, Lord... I'll flourish in your righteousness. You're going to do it. The righteous man will flourish like the palm tree. He will grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Planted in the house of the Lord, they will flourish in the courts of our God. See, if we're going to make righteous steps, we can't, we can't ignore what God's told us. We've got to be planted. You know, a, a palm tree unplanted, guess what? It still falls. If it's planted, it'll flourish. How many? And look, it doesn't say planted in your house. It doesn't say planted behind a, a television monitor or a computer screen. I, I, and I know that's a temptation these days. It doesn't say planted uh, just with other people either. Yeah, we can have church and we are the body of Christ. But if you look at the full definition, the body of Christ includes the gifts. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. you got to have them in your life or else you don't have church. Planted in the house of the Lord. There's a house of the Lord. There's a house of the Lord. You can have church in a house, but not just by yourself. That's an assembly. If we're going to flourish, we got to follow the righteousness and do the things that God's told us to do. The ones planted in the house of the Lord, they'll flourish in the courts of our God. They will still yield fruit in old age, and they shall be full of sap and very green. In other words, they're bendy. 
Stuff will come in and try to break you, but you won't snap. You're bendy. Full of sap. Full of youth. Full of life. Flourishing. I praise God, little children are bendy. You know how many times they fell and bumped and bumped? And I was like, praise the Lord, he made them really bendy. If they weren't made bendy, we'd all be have lawsuits against us probably. <laughs> Praise the Lord, children are bendy. Why? Because they're full of youth. They're full of youth. God will make you like that even in your old age. Amen. He'll make you where you can persevere. He'll make you where the storms don't wrap you up and knock you over. No, you see them. You're around them. You're in the world, but you're not of the world. There's a supernatural supply. There's a wealth of life springing up on the inside of you. Spring up, oh well, on the inside of my soul. Spring up to the fullness of life that God has for me. Spring up, Lord. Spring up that life-giving water of Jesus Christ. Keep me bendy. Don't let me break. Let the storms blow, but I'll still be standing in the name of Jesus. Let the creditors call, but he's going to take that away. Let, let the doctors give me the bad report, but I'm coming through with full life. I'll be satisfied, full of life, because I have the living water of Jesus Christ. My king, like the palm tree, I'll flourish. Zechariah 9, 9 that we read at the beginning, rejoice greatly. O daughter of Zion, shout and triumph. See, here's the thing. If you consider yourself a, a child of God, he's talking to us and he's telling us if you're a child, you've got something to shout about. And if you don't feel like you've got something to shout about, you need to get revelation of the child and the family that you're in. If you don't have a shout inside, if you don't have a rejoicing on the inside of you, then you need to get some revelation about whose you are and to whom you belong and what family you're in. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. Almighty God who made the whole universe. Get a revelation of what family you're in, what inheritance you have, how you're designed in his image and likeness to be filled up with his glory. Hosanna! Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, look, pay attention, not just on that day, but right now this day. Are you watching? Are you watching in the rest of this service? Are you beholding? Are you beholding? By, with eyes of faith, are you looking for a soon coming king? for a victorious king of your life where everything changes from this moment forward. One word preached on one day that's received can change everything in your life and I hope that that day for you is today. One day of preaching. One preaching service message received. One day can change everything. Are you beholden and looking for the king of glory that your life changes today? Do you have eyes to shout? you have a mouth to rejoice? Do you have eyes of faith to see it? There's a king coming in. There's a king coming in to my health. There's a king coming in to my finances. There's a relationship with God Almighty. Do you have eyes to see? Behold, your king is coming to you. Is that personal to you? Behold, your king. Say it, my king. I'm looking, Lord. Say, I'm looking, Lord. I'm looking, Lord. My, king. my king 
is coming in right now. It's not somewhere down in the future. He's coming in right now. And he is just. And he's endowed with salvation, humble and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a donkey. Matthew 21, 1. When they had approached Jerusalem and had come to Bethphage at the Mount of Olives, then Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go into the village opposite you, and immediately you will find a donkey tied there and a colt with her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, you shall say, The Lord has need of them, and immediately he will send them. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your king is coming to you, gentle and mounted on a donkey, even on a colt, the foal of a beast of burden. The disciples went and did just as Jesus had instructed them and brought brought the donkey and the colt and laid their coats on them. And he sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats on the road. You know, they were honoring God so much, they said, look, I don't, even want your, I, don't, I don't even want your garments actually touching this beast. I don't even want your garments. They said, sit on my coat. Sit on my coat. Lord, take, take my coat right now. Sit on my coat. They put the coat on the donkey. They didn't even want them touching that. You're our king. Yeah, we want to honor you. We want to love on you. He brought the donkey and the coats and laid their coats on me, sat on the coats. Most of the crowd spread their coats in the road and others were cutting branches from the trees and spreading them on the road. So you had some waving them in victory and you had others that were laying them on the road. just like laying out the red carpet. It's their version of the red carpet. The most victorious way that they could provide an entrance to the king that they were beholding. It was a shout of victory. It was an expectation of faith. Jesus is here and he's doing something in our lives. (laughs) Palm Sunday is the entrance of the king. The entrance of the king. Will he be the king that entered your life today. They're cutting branches from the trees and spreading them in the road. The crowd's going ahead of him, and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. When he had entered Jerusalem, all the city was stirred, saying, Who is this? See, even the ones that didn't know him, the shouting caught their attention. Who's this? And the crowds were saying, this is the prophet Jesus from Nazareth in Galilee. Hosanna means this. Hosanna says this. This is what it's saying. Save us. We beseech thee. We beg you. Save us. So what are they doing? They're setting their eyes of faith on Jesus, who's the only one who can save them. And they're saying, I know you're the one. I know you're the son of David. I know you're the prophesied Messiah. I know you are the one carrying an anointing. Let your anointing save me. And by faith, they were receiving that salvation. Hosanna, save us, we beg you. Verse 14, 
And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he had done, and the children were shouting in the temple, in the temple the children were shouting, Hosanna to the son of David! Hosanna to the son of David! Son of David was very important. They were saying, this is the promised Messiah. And the chief priests and scribes became indignant. Ooh, that made them mad. And said to him, do you hear what these children are saying? See, to them, he was just a man. The savior of their souls was standing in front of them. The children had eyes to see. The children had eyes to see. But the very educated and religious the mature ones, quote-unquote, of the world, they couldn't see who was standing in front of them. Are we beholding today the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Are we just saying, yeah, it's Palm Sunday. Preacher, it's, it's, it's noon now. Please be quiet. I got lunch to have. What are we looking for? What are we seeing? The question is, what are we receiving they became indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus said to them, yes. <laughs> yeah, I hear it. And there ain't nothing wrong with it. They're speaking right. They're speaking correct. They're talking about the king and the Messiah. Basically what he's saying is, I'm he. I'm the one that was prophesied about. They're not speaking wrong. You're hearing it wrong. You're beholding wrong. Let us not be the ones that behold wrong. Do you hear what these children are saying? Jesus said to them, yes. Have you never read out of the mouth of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise for yourself? He goes on in another gospel. He says, and if these be quiet, the rocks will cry. The rocks will cry. Lord, let no rocks cry out around our house. Let no rocks cry out in this sanctuary. Let no rocks cry out for us. No, we'll give the praise that you are due. We'll give the honor and the shout that you are worthy of. You are our king. You are that Messiah. You are the son of David. We will shout for triumph. We will rejoice greatly. <laughs> Psalm 118.15, the sound of joyful shouting and salvation is in the tents of the righteous. If you're doing right and walking in righteousness, there'll be a shout of joy and salvation. The right hand of the Lord does valiantly. If you go on down to verse 25 and 26, look at this. O Lord... Do save, we beseech you. Hosanna, O Lord, we beg you. Do send prosperity. It's not just talking about finances. It is that too, but it's saying, Lord, increase us, bless us, save us, Lord, because we know you're the one that has the power to do it. 
Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. We have blessed you from the house of the Lord. All of, this, all of the uh, scholars say that this in Psalms was specifically talking about the Messiah when he would come. So when he came in down the Mount of Olives overlooking Jerusalem and they started shouting these exact words, Hosanna! Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord! They were saying, this is he. This is he. This is my Savior. This is my Lord. This is my healer. This is my provider. This is the one who will bless my life, who will protect my life. This is the one through which the doorway goes to God. This is the one who will cause me to escape hell and the torture. This is the one who will save me. Hosanna! I read this last paragraph. This is a, a scholar called F.B. Meyer. Listen to what he wrote. Close your eyes, hear these words, meditate on it. Let it be your heart. It was only a crowd of poor people who escorted Jesus on Palm Sunday to the holy city. You start to recognize that a lot of people, once they start to have stuff in their lives, they seem to find it harder to get a shout in their mouth. Oh, what we could do, now this is not him talking, it's me, but oh, what we could do if we learned that even when we got full in our bank accounts and in our health, we could still hold a shout. What could happen if we could still hold a shout and a rejoicing? Not just when we absolutely need him and he's the only answer we got, but when we could actually pay our way and we still shout. We're healthy and we still shout. What kind of heart is that? Epi Meyer says, It was only a crowd of poor people who escorted Jesus on Palm Sunday to the holy city, but they sent their hosannas upward to the highest. And their shouts of acclamation and praise are ever ringing down the ages. Their praises from that day still praise today. Let us take them up, their shouts, and pass them on. Hosanna means save now, which formed part of the great Hallel the, or Passover Psalms. Thus one day his church and probably the literal Israel of the future will hail him with transports of joy. In other words... He will ride on our shouts and our rejoicing. Where Jesus comes, he cleanses at his word the heart that was filled with the uproar of worldly care. The heart that was filled with cares about all the junk in the world. It becomes the home of prayer. And children, the emblems of humility, simplicity, and faith will gather. Are we childlike with him? Are we the educated, quote-unquote, mature ones? He says, while the needy and the childlike are attracted by our Lord's greatness, wrongdoers are driven out before the terror of the Lord.
Just a few days before Passover, look up here at me. One thing that would happen right in this Feast of Booze time, just a few days before Passover, the family would go out and they would choose which lamb would be their Passover lamb. So right here, as Jesus is entering the city, is the time where all of Israel was saying, who will be my Passover lamb? (laughs) Wow, what a time. And then with a shout of great rejoicing, the Lamb of God enters the city. Some chose him. Some crucified him. Will you choose Jesus as your Passover lamb today? With a shout and rejoicing and a reception of that. Will you receive him as your joy and your peace and your victory with a shout? As we wrap up today, I just want to invite you to receive your Passover lamb with a shout of Hosanna on your lips. Save me, Lord, I beg of you. And when you say that, you're not just saying like, save me from the trouble, but you're saying literally what it says in Psalms, prosper me in everything that I do. Lord, take me up from this place. Every one of us, every single one of us, and everyone here in this message, every one of us has been lower than we could be. In other words, what I'm saying is from this place, there's nothing but higher. But only the ones who receive him as that Passover lamb with a shout of faith in their heart will receive him to go higher, to walk higher. You're called to walk in the glory like when glory hit Lazarus and lives changed and because people said, oh my goodness, look what God did for him. And it changed a whole community. It changed a whole city. They they traveled just to not go see Jesus, to see Lazarus, who got healed. Ultimately, it was to receive Jesus as their Savior. But they didn't, man, the religious didn't like it. And the religious still don't like it today when the real things are happening. Because it shines a light on what's not real in their beliefs. That's all right. It doesn't matter what somebody else is doing. I got to believe. I don't know about you. I got to believe. I got to go after him. I got to choose Jesus every day to be my Passover lamb. I got to choose him. I got to say, Lord, I want you. I need you. I've got to have you. I cannot do this without you. Lord, you, and, and we don't do that just by, just by getting quiet. We do that with a great passion of faith that says, Lord, with a triumphant shout and a great rejoicing. Because I know when I put faith on you, it's not empty words. What I'm about to pray is not empty prayers. When I receive you as a Passover lamb, it's a power that sheds your blood on the doorpost of my life. And no death and lack's going over me again. Matter of fact, what's happening is the opposite of death and lack, but an overflow and a provision where I walk out healthy, whole, healed, and prosperous. Filled, my pockets filled with goodness because that's who you are. 
I might have had some stuff that went on. I might have had some storms. I might have had some stuff that tried to fold me up and snap me. But the Lord will make me youthful and bendy. He'll keep me alive. And I don't just do it. I don't, I don't just say these things in this somber, religious way. But Lord, with a shout of victory. Hosanna! Hallelujah, Lord! My King, my Savior, my Lord of Lords and King of Kings, the great Almighty at which every knee will bow at your name. Lord, I got to shout. If I don't, these rocks will take my place and I'm not letting that happen. Palm Sunday, the entrance of a king. Do you behold him? Do you see him? for who he really is. I know many of us have seen him like the scribes did, looking at it through an educated angle. But how about we just become like children and with a childlike faith enter the kingdom of God, not worrying about what the person on our left or our right thinks about us, but just with a great rejoicing and a shout of triumph. With childlike faith, we received the king this morning. So I want to stand on our feet. And I want us to give the Lord a shout. <laughs> and I, I want you to get a song ready with a shout. And the worship team gets a song ready that's got a shout in it. It's got it upbeat. It's not the... Nothing. It ain't religious. <laughs> oh, it's got a shout. It puts a pep in our step. And this morning, right now, if you're sitting there and you say, you know what, I need to receive some things from the Lord. Maybe it's your salvation. Maybe you've never known the Lord like you should. If that's you, I invite you right now to come to the altar. Lord, I need you. Maybe, and I, I'm going to mix this up a little bit, maybe, it's, maybe you're born again, you're going to heaven, but I need breakthrough in my finances. I need healing in my body. I need your protection, Lord. I need fear cast all, out on me. I, I sense that right now. I need the spirit of fear that's been racking me. I've been so worried about a great many things, and I know it's the devil. I need that fear off of my life. If that's you, come now. Don't wait. Come when you need to. Lord, I, I need to be free. I need wholeness in my life. I need your provision. I need, I need you, Jesus. Lord, I'm not just crying out, hoping that it'll get done, wishing and in luck. No, I'm not just crying like that. I got a joyful shout. I know when I approach you with a shout of victory, these things are happening right now. These things are happening right now. The Lord is pouring out. Thank you, Lord. Let's just give them a joyful rejoicing, a great rejoicing and a victorious shout right now. Do you receive your king? And when you shout here in just a second, when you shout, oh, I want you to receive by faith whatever it is you're believing for. Glory to God. Have her go up there. Thank you, Lord. Receive it.
Receive it. Are you ready to shout? What if, what if the level of your shout is going to determine the level of your breakthrough in the next few days? In other words, the passion with which by faith you shout and rejoice is how much you're going to receive in the next two or three days. Ooh. Is your shout going to be like, glory to God, hallelujah, or is it going to be a shout? A shout heaven hears. A shout heard by the angels. A shout heard in the depths of hell. A shout heard in the heights of heaven. You got that kind of shout in you? Do you have that kind of faith on Jesus? And maybe you're not there yet, but you're just like, I want to, Lord. I want to be there. Well, just give it all you got. Do it with all that you have. Are you ready to shout? Are you ready to rejoice greatly? I want us to shout. Behold, the incoming king of your life. Behold, the savior of all things. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's coming over the hill of your life right now. Your Savior, your provider, your healer, your deliverer, your protector, the giver of all things. He's coming over the hill. But with eyes of faith, can you see Him now? Changing the things in your life. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! right now. Now listen, you may think this service is over. It's not. Do not get in your head. We're going home right now. No, there's an entrance happening. Right now, you just, you just if you need to, close your eyes. Don't pay attention to the people around you. Let's worship together. Jesus, and agree with me right here in this prayer. Jesus, we ask you right now to enter this place. Lord, right now, Manifest in the lives of your people. Lord, we open our eyes and our ears to hear. We receive from you. Lord, everything we, you have, everything you want to do, Lord, do it now in Jesus' name. Lord, let us not be held back in any way. Father, manifest yourself in the name of Jesus. Lord, we, we beg of you. Save us now. Enter this place. We beg of you, King of kings and Lord of lords, awaken this city, awaken this church, awaken this county, awaken this state, 
Awaken this nation, Lord. Let the awakening happen in the name of Jesus. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. And with a great joyful shout, Lord, we receive it today. We receive it today. Lord, we're not like the religious ones. Shut up in the temple, mad at everything. We're like the children on the hill, singing and shouting, Hosanna to the King. Hosanna to the King. Hosanna! Hosanna! Lord, have your way in here. Holy Spirit, have your way in here. Lord, change lives. In Jesus' name, Lord, we receive your overflow. If you need anything, anything whatsoever from the Lord, this is a moment to behold the entrance of your King into your life. You can do it simply by stepping out of your seat, coming to the altar and saying, Lord, give, enter my life today in that area. Enter my life. Enter my family. Enter my finances. If you need to come up to the altar, come right up. Honor him with everything that you have. Honor him with your faith. Honor him with your rejoicing. Honor him with your shout, Lord, I need you. I got to have you. And as we pray, if you need to come up, Come on up. Don't hesitate. God wants to pour out great and mighty things. Thank you, Lord. Thank Thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We put on Thanksgiving right now. Father, you are great. You are mighty. Hallelujah. It was cruel as a grave. Shame is a robber, and he has come to take my name. But love is my redeemer.
of the king in our lives. There's so many great things that he's done and he's doing. It's time to live in a continual, perpetual triumph and shout of rejoicing. It's time for us to live there, to be carriers of the glory, to walk in the fullness of his salvation, to not be held back, but with eyes of faith, move to the places that God has for us. Is that for you? Are you beholding the king today? Did things change for you today? Is Jesus entering in? Not just one day, but every day, every moment. Shout it with me. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. One more time. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Somebody's supposed to take it over. <laughs> Y'all, I pray so hard my earrings fell out. <laughs> they're somewhere. <laughs> Lisa's pointing them out to me like they're her fake eyelashes. <laughs> this is family, y'all. This is what this is. God's our father and this was a party like nobody's business but it's the pre-party because next week is resurrection sunday resurrection sunday we just pre-gamed it resurrection sunday's coming he's coming he's alive he's on the throne and we get to celebrate next week you guys were given some invite cards. On those invite cards, you'll see new edition on it. We're having an Easter egg hunt next week. So we're going to have free family pictures, but we're also going to have a free Easter egg hunt for all the kiddos who are here. Bring some kids. It's going to be good. Priscilla's hiccuping like she's drunk, y'all. Like, I've got earrings flying. Priscilla's hiccuping. Someone's going to need a driver somewhere. <laughs> but that's family. Designated DDs all around. Go, Jesus. <laughs> I'm looking for some announcements. I don't have them on my phone. We'll see how fast they get there. It was everyone just awkwardly sits and watches me do it. <laughs> oh, Jesus is fun. I'll get to ladies' meeting. I'll get there. That's going to be good, too. But Easter Sunday is next week. We want you to invite people. It's going to be awesome. So much fun. Genuinely, those cards are life-changing cards. They can win... Y'all, somebody's life could literally be one to the Lord just by handing them a card. So use them as tools to see the kingdom advance. It's going to be awesome. Tomorrow, as Lisa Lamb so wonderfully introduced, it's ladies' night. We're going to Pizantica. It's going to be awesome. 6 p.m. Ladies, you can come. Men, you could come and sit somewhere else, but you can't sit with us. You can't sit with us. 
somewhere Jade is pleased with that reference. <laughs> Life groups are going to be this week. It's going to be great. And then April 10th, it's going to be Holy Spirit weekend. We love you. Be blessed. Today we're going to go to Mexican for lunch after this is all done because tomorrow's Abby's birthday. And Abby is going to be 19 and she loves tacos. So to bless her, we're going to go eat some tacos. So if you want to come, come. It's going to be great. Lord, thank you. Thank you for family. Thank you for family and for fun. God, thank you that we just have so much fun with you. And thank you that the fun don't, uh, well, that wasn't going to be grammatically correct. I was about to start rapping, y'all. <laughs> thank you that the fun doesn't stop here, that we carry it with us wherever we go, and that this joy is going to be carried into the Mexican restaurant. God, we thank you it'll be there tomorrow at ladies' night. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Holy Spirit. And thank you for a beautiful day. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Bless each person. Let this week be blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Love y'all.